and welcome to another edition of our podcast, Mixed Blessing. And today we have a young gentleman, Noor Mohammed, is going to give us his personal journey into interracial relationship. I want you as the listeners to listen carefully to the lessons that we're going to learn from this relationship. And um, yeah, then we could open for more conversation. But I want to welcome you to the platform today. You are welcome to the platform. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me today. No, it's a pleasure. It's really a pleasure. Now, no, do you want to just tell us one minute about, you? first of all, you as a person, if I wanted to give you one minute or two to say, okay, no, who are you? What do you want us to take home about you today? I know you have many experiences, but what is it you want us to take away before we start having your experiences and your journey to interracial relationship? Uh, my name is Noor Mohammed, and uh, actually things in all these situations, you need to understand the different culture, different religion, different background of each kind of race on earth. And uh, life is very wonderful, and uh, I'm very grateful being in Ireland Ireland is a wonderful country for me. I changed my life. And uh, when I'm with my partner, I learn a lot of things which that is hard for me to stay with another race in my life. Okay, let's first of all take back. That's that that's what um what occupation are you involved in and where did you come from? Did you where uh, how did you enter Ireland? If you don't mind me asking, I don't have you don't have to answer that. I was born in Sudan, and my mom was born in Sudan, and my father is a Sudanese, but my grandparents are originally from Nigeria, and uh, I came to Ireland as an asylum seeker, which I spent almost almost twenty years now in Ireland. Wow. And, uh, and uh, actually, I was doing some merchandising when I came to Ireland before I get a racism attack at my job, uh, which put me into illness benefit, which almost two years now, I can't even work at the moment. I'm just trying to change my career, which I tried to build some uh, self-employed, which I tried to do some manual handling courses, but still I haven't started doing nothing with it. Because it's a very difficult uh, field to do when you can't even lift things yourself. Okay, so I'm taking it then that you're saying you had a racist attack that left you with a disability. Is that what you're Absolutely, ma'am. And then there is no justice for it. Right. So you, I'm going to try and take it. You've been here for more than 20 years. Almost 20 years. Almost 20 Sorry. years. Uh, no, no problem. You've been here for almost 20 years. And during that time, you were doing a trade, merchandising. Yeah. yeah and then you had this attack, which is a racist attack. I don't know. You don't have to tell us a story about that one. And it left you in a state of unable to well, take care absolutely. of yourself. So what kind yeah. of injury came as a result of that? Was it a, a knife attack? Was it a beating up? Tell us a little bit about that so we can get, understand that racism is already, is already, has already attacked you and see how that it features in the other things you do in life. I was carrying my normal activities, normal duty at Tesco Pressure Street uh, when a fella came in and uh, he's trying to destroy my field where I'm packaging the stuff I'm packaging. 
Then I ask him, uh, can I give you the pressure that if you are interested, because he's misplacing every, all the product in the different places while I'm trying to fix them. Then when I ask him, he came to my ear and uh, he called me uh, the F word, black nigger and the N word, tell me to get back to my fucking country. Then I say, excuse me, what did you say while I'm holding the boxes in my hand? Then the next thing I heard, he went to my left hand side, he punched me in my left jaw. And uh, when he looked at me and then I looked at him, I received his punches. Uh, he rushed into me and then he put me into chokehold, which I passed out till I came back to life and uh, I saved my life. And everybody was standing there making video and watching me, other people laughing, nobody even gave me help till I saved my life, which I end up with uh, right dislocated shoulder and my neck has been faulty sometimes I can't even turn to the right side sometimes when I sleep on the right side I can't even sleep good I have to be waking up all night so this is a bit of what happened I don't want to go too much no no that's fine so this is the background that you actually have been attacked by racist incident and um, you're probably still waiting for just as a result you've been left disabled so first of all my sincere apology for what happened to you and i hope um we're able to there is a research going on onto all these things and um we'll put you through to an organization that should be able to give you more understanding of where to get the help but in the meantime we want to say sorry for that incident now how did that affect or did it affect um when you this interracial relationship you started how long ago did you start with your with your with your partner uh i met my partner at sligo at the center where i was seeking asylum and uh we decided to start dating in 2008 and in 2009 december we get married and uh, become couples live together i believe and she have a child one daughter then uh, the, the 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 father of the her first daughter started to being so cheeky and acting up and uh, cursing and calling me sauce of name, monkeys, if you come to see his child, uh, with the F word, all those and the N words, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't want to mention all that. Right, I do understand. Yeah. And all things keep on escalating and uh, the most of the European women sometimes if they have an issue or anything, they are insecure, mostly what I realize. They are really insecure. Which she is a Polish woman, and she's really insecure, and uh, lack of confidence in her. And when I met her, she have no word of English till I try my best, and we learn English. I help her to learn English. I'm not good in English, but I try my best to learn because I wasn't speaking English either when I came to Ireland, you know? So... I tried my best, we keep a family, but the man has provoked her a lot of times, so she got depressed. I got depressed either, and uh, different culture, different religion, different background, a lot of things in it. So I, I tried to keep the family for almost 15 years, so we got separated in 2017 to 2018 due to all the incident that is happening between me and her ex. When he saw us along the way, abusing us, attacking me, went to the guard station, make a statement, getting adult cautions between me and him by the pretender of police. And then one incident happened, I wasn't at home, he came to pick his child. 
the woman trying to explain to him that the child she have temperature if you notice that you can at least give her a bit of a couple medicine then he started abusing her telling her go to talk your uh black m word and then f word and n word to her then she refused to give him the child while he's been aggressive toward her then he called the guards then the guards showed to my property a female and a male and then they address all the matters then i went to the garden station to clear myself and my conscience being why am i always involved when they have an issue at them abusing me in sligo garden station and the lady who attend the case there she was not willing to even listen to me because i wasn't trying to talk to her because we have an adult portion while ago when we have an incident he attacked me along the way with my with with my ex as well so at the end of the day she refused to attend me to give me appointment to see the pretender of the garden station in sligo then she started accusing me that i want to attack her while i'm explaining myself with my hand you know when i'm addressing i do use my hand to explain things she was saying that i want to attack her so two guards came into the station and the moment they arrived into the station they see me talking then they tell me to leave the guard station they are in mufti and then show me their badge then i say this is a guard station and i have nowhere to go to complain or explain my things this is what is happening trying to explain myself to to the guards and uh, the guard grab me and trying to push me away from the station then i refuse because i have nowhere else to go than the garden station that i believe they are the one that can help me then two of them attack me there drag me into the station arrest me the other one punching me calling me the same m word and f word and n word to get back to my f word country you know that kind of all that kind of thing so i went there for a couple of hours I try my ex to come and do whatever to bail me out and then I was released after a couple of months I went to the court I took a lawyer and uh, the lawyer went to the court with me in Sligo and then got so kind and uh, the judge was very kind and listened to exactly what I explained to my lawyer and then my lawyer explained to everything to the judge then the judge set me free without no conviction or charges wow, so I was very good that was yeah. good that's very good very good very good so now this is this is I mean this is a heart-rending story. First of all, being attacked, you know, went before, and now meeting um, the love of your life, and it is different culture. You mentioned that right at the beginning, um, and the, the 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 problem you had with the ex who didn't obviously didn't want his child to be there, being raised by you who's given a settlement yeah. for him, yeah. for his, you know, he's, you're literally fulfilling the role of a father, which he's not able to fulfill because they're no longer together. And so this has now led you to another problem, which is in the police station. But again, um, the good news from all that is that the judge actually heard you, which really we need to give really credit to that, and release you from any charge of that. Were the police charged for their misconduct towards you? Well, I can't remember at the moment, but it was a while ago. Uh, right. They charged me. I can't remember. I swear, I can't remember that. But they charged me for and they took me to the court on that day. Right, right. Now, again, I'm, I am really am sorry that you've had that incident as well, but at least the good thing is that no charges were meant. Now, you met your beloved quite a while back and the incident happened. Now, what 
Um, during the time when things were good, because there will always have been time, because you were there together for quite a long time. How did you find that interracial relationship? Leave the exit. How did you find? Because I mean, you could have chosen any um, from the African side, but you chose to go to this. What, what brought you both together? That you felt no, this is a person I want to live with. I want to marry. You actually even got honestly, married together. Honestly, honestly speaking, I don't actually really know. I just fell in love with her and. Uh, she fell in love with me from the beginning in 2008. While well, she's a cleaner at the center where I was living. Uh, and uh, she have no word of English, so we have to have someone Polish who, who can be her friend. I can't forget that. We have one of her friends who she normally interpret what I say to her. And oh. it was wonderful and a wonderful journey that time. In 2008, 2009, then we get married in December which we get the lovely snow for more than 30 years wasn't snowing in this country. Wow. <laughs> every day there is a snow up to my, my, my uncle or my leg, something like that. It was heavy. This was beautiful. I have all the pictures. It was amazing. Do you know but what? You know, yeah. One thing you said that is really where we want to be able to address is that you said even despite your language, you fell in love with another culture, a woman from another culture, and there was a beauty in that. I, I want to hold on to that for a while because a lot of people feel you can't do this or you shouldn't do this, but you said she was cleaning in the place where you were. There was no word of English together from her side because she's purely Polish and that's what she did. But somehow, because of the, you fell in love. Can you just admit that as a man? You fell in love with this person and together your life was intertwined, although somebody had to interpret for you. And then you got married. So during yes. that period of that, I wanted to describe that relationship when things were beautiful between you. And did culture come into it? Or we just like, I love this person, this person loved me, and together we're going to make this. Or even though she had an ex, yet you, this, you, you fell in love. I think that's the word you use. Do you want to expand on yeah. that, please? Yeah, uh, we fell in love at that time. Actually, I don't know how I can explain much about it. It's just something that comes from your soul spiritually. It's not physically. Because a relationship that I realized in my life, it doesn't have to be a pretty face or a beautiful-looking woman or anything. It has to come spiritually. It's not going to be physically thing. So this is what I learned when I met her and when we fall in love. And uh, actually, he's a wonderful person, but, you know, when you have a situation in your life, everybody has a situation that can yes. depress him, can put him in a different way of life. And then if you are not willing to understand different culture and then accept whoever you are with, and then you are listening too much to other people saying things to you about your partner or saying things about other people, uh, about other tribe, it's going to be difficult. The relationship can be broke, you know? Right. So let's let's yeah. just recount that again. So while it was beautiful, it was going well. Um, did you have any other? Did you have any children together? Uh, she has a child, and at, at the, in two thousand and thirteen, I have my daughter with her, which we keep on having issues because when she started to speak English, 
she can challenge me, you know, different culture, different background. I love to be out on the street to learn things, to do things so I can build a family and look after my family. I move with friends. I move around with friends. At that time, I was smoking. I was drinking. So she don't like me being with anybody. She don't like me even talking about my language to my family. She don't like me to say so many things. When she started to speak English, so things has escalated in a different way due to her depression and due to her experience for her past relationship, what happened for her in the past relationship. I haven't been in any kind of marriage in my life. She's the first love of my life. She's the first wife of my life. Then in 2013, I got a beautiful daughter, which is now, she is nine years old, going to 10 this year, which I haven't set my eyes for her for the past five years, which she took me to court and they gave me a burial order and they took me to, uh, to go and do anger management uh, for six weeks, which I did. I passed everything and uh, I passed to the court. The court still didn't agree with that. Then they sent me to one center called assessor called Patricia Maloney. And when they took me to her, the Patricia Maloney has already examined me and checked everything about me. Then she sent me to African Center to learn European culture, which she said, I don't have European culture. And I was imagining that, how can I learn a European culture in African Center in Ireland, in Dublin? If they want me to learn European culture, they should send me to European Center, but which I'm in Europe. I know a bit about European life at, this, at that time, that just last year. So I was really thinking that's not right what she did. And uh, at the end of the day now, they put me to do uh, assess with the supervision from the court, which Patricia Maloney said that I should be, we should be doing that between me and my ex, and then I have to get a supervision, which I have to pay kind of money, which I can afford it at the moment, which now I'm telling you, even is the last month I am, or last few weeks, to be ended, which I haven't done it. So I'm trying to save a bit from what I'm having from my illness benefits so that I can pay it to see that I can see my daughter. Yeah. Even yesterday, my daughter was telling me that, uh, Dad, I need 200 for my school fees and my uniform and whatever. I said, well, I'm going to try to see what I can at the moment. I've been paying all those years. Last year, I asked your mom to send me documentation from your school so I will know how you are improving and I know what the school wants and what the school needs so I can know what I can put on the table. But your mom, she's not willing to cooperate with me to give me the opportunity even we can live together, let's put the child ahead of us. But she's not willing to do that. So always she's just trying to manipulate me or to use me or to get the money out of my pocket. That's what I see. Would, would that, I mean, I don't want to go too much into that area, but what you're really saying to us on this podcast is that the culture in which you now find yourself living with it seems as if you are the aggressor, so therefore you went. For, you were told to go for anger management and other things, and then you were sent to learn about European culture, um, which you said was quite strange because you were sent to Africa Centre, the organisation in Ireland, to, to help you understand European culture, and you didn't agree with that. 
But um, what about um, your wife? Was she asked to learn anything about your culture? Yeah, but she's a European. How are you going to tell a European to go and learn about my culture? Is my culture uh, really important? It's not. Nobody wants to learn African culture. This is what we need the government to address in this country, to learn other people's culture, to be open, everybody to know each other. If they want people to be in the country, to, to be part of the country. We are here to make this country a part of the best world in my life. Ireland is one of the best countries in my life who made me who I am today. And I respect Ireland and I love Ireland with all my life. And I'm going to do everything in my power, in my life for Ireland. I wish my kid they can be an example in this country to bring a medal or gold or silver or bronze to this country than even my country because this country has made me who I am and they give me a life which I haven't got it anywhere. So we are. We want to be the pillar of this community. We want to be everywhere. We want to be part of everything. Whatever sport, whatever activities, we want to contribute our own effort in it, you know? But we don't get the, that kind of opportunity. So how she's a Polish woman, she's a European. Poland is EU. So EU is EU. Whatever she said, they don't see her side. In this country, woman has more power than men. I see many, 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 many suicide for the Irishmen. Irishmen are suffering. Even I'm a black African Irish, but Irishmen are really suffering in this country regarding family issues. Man has no right on anything regarding family. It's just what woman said in the court, that's it. Yeah, there's no any other investigation or any other chance for the man to see there is a reality. If it is 50-50, whatever, who is that man is, he has right to be the father of his child. If he is taking care of that child and give the best of that child without hurting the child, because the child comes first, right? So that is one more thing that I just want to say. Right, it has so, to be addressed. It, right, so you're saying when you marry a European um woman in this case and um, what is likely to happen because it's the woman that has more say in the court because a she's a woman she's the one going to nurture so go ahead yeah she has most say in every aspect even in my life activity if she don't want me to work she can lock me in the house i have so many friends africans there they've been locked in their house they don't want them to go out even work they think they are going out to look for another woman, which is, we are not like that. It's not everybody think about going out to, to, to look for a woman. We are people with other families that need our support, not only here. We have a lot of brothers, sisters, cousins, so we have to work hard and to help our own family here and to help other families that we have as well, you know? But it's very difficult to understand anyway. To explain much. Yes, okay. I do hear. I hear what you're saying. That, uh, you say one thing that I'm aggressive or I'm the aggressive one because I explain myself. Anyway, when I'm explaining myself, we Africans, some other time, we have like loud voice or heavy voice. So they thought it's aggressive manners, which we are not. It's way, the way we are grown up, is the way we build ourselves. But with time, when we are here in Europe, we learn to to change the way we speak, the way we address things. We, by all means necessary, we learn that. 
because we see if we, uh, we if we can do that, we can't be anywhere here in the past minute. But that's the way they are, because we have to be the way they are, whether we like it or not. You know? Listen, you're bringing up very key issues here because the aggression that's been associated to to Africans, just saying, is not because of that aggression the way they see it, is our cultural background, how we express with everything. Absolutely. And um, that's what you do, you know? <laughs> it's not all quite, that, that's just the way life is enough. But over here, it's not the way they see it. A quite spoken person is what they advocate for. And if you're not from such a culture, you that's why they call it anger management. You will have to manage those things, you know. So thank you for bringing that up. So thank you, um, Noor, for being so open and honest with um, what you're telling us because um, there are different aspects to interracial relationship. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Irish, there is several people in Ireland and uh, I meet a lot of lovely Irish people who loves me, who I am, who they help me a lot and I respect that. So it's not everyone in Ireland, even between us blacks, there is a racism between green and white, there is racism, other tribe. I have so many different Europeans, people, Romanian, uh, wherever, French, Holland, they are very wonderful. And they are here in Ireland, which we are getting along with. So. Yes, I do understand that. I, I hear that very much. So. But I think maybe we're talking about the kind of structural racism that impacts relationship and so that's probably what we we need to home in on not that they aren't wonderful irish irish people are very accommodating and they've allowed so many nations to enter and to get on with their lives but we want to focus on these things whereby maybe that could be addressed maybe you could have a suggestion so that relationships of such nature could actually be have more longevity separation is always very hard on you mentioned your daughter your ex is is hard on both how could um could that be helped to make a better life so i'm going to now before i break we were talking about the fact that um the irish and all the other europeans that you've met here have actually been very beneficial and they've helped a great deal do you know but when it came to this relationship it started off in a beautiful romantic way and, you know, there's a, a, a birth of a child that um, the, your daughter is now um, nine, going to ten. And um, it's something beautiful when a child is out, comes out of a relationship. But there were other things that needed to be addressed, which you talked about. The fact that um, you believe, or it's not even a believe, it's a reality, that um, in the European world people tend to give more credit to the women than they do to the man. So basically, when you marry, out, not just outside of your culture, if you're with a European um, woman, this is what, tell me what I'm wrong, if you're with a European woman, um, the chances are they will take her word because um, they understand their world as opposed to the African world. Do you want to expand on that for us, please? Why you've come to that conclusion? Obviously, it's based on what you know. And other men, you said, are locked up. And I want you to expand on that for us, so we we understand that you know two cultures can clash. Obviously, you see, uh, African culture. To my own African culture, there is a lot of things that I want to address to my own family back in Africa as well to be changed. The way 
the way men treat women as well. I, rest, I love I, uh, the European culture, the way women has priority on their stuff as well, and they can have their own opinion on what they want and what they don't want. But in in in, in the marriage life, uh, woman has to respect their man no matter who he is, what he is. You know, what I realize here in Europe, I see there is a lack of uh, uh, what can I put in which way of English can I put it like a way of respecting the man and uh, because of lack of the uh, the money or let me say the government has been more influence in the women they can give them whatever they need so they don't need the man you know but in African culture we we the men provide every single thing for the family every single the shelter the roof but there is so many things that I need in my own culture to be addressed, to be changed. And here as well, it has to be 50 Woman has to respect her husband, and her husband has to respect his woman as well, which men, they have no any right on their own self as well. I said it earlier, I meet so many men, they've been locked up in the house. The women don't want even them to go out to work. So it's absolutely not right. And if he tried to do anything, she can twist things. I see with my own eyes in Blanchester Shopping Center, two Irish couples with two kids. The man came to pick the, the man came to pick his kid. If you see the way the lady addressed him and abusing that man, you will not like it either yourself as a woman. You will not like it. Because which is Absolutely not right to me. Has to be. It's a it's a simple manner in a simple way. The woman has to understand that man is the biological father of his children. She can never change that. No matter how long, no matter how far she them, those children one day they're gonna look for their father. They must have. You see, when I have my relationship in the first place with my ex, uh, she don't want to bring the child over because she left the child with her grandmother to look after. I said, no, the father have role to play in his child life. I'm not the biological father, but I'm here to help you, to give that man opportunity. He can come to the house. I can leave the house between him and his child and you to have a good conversation because that child needs a father. I did that in Sligo. When I was in Dorley Park, number four Dorley Park, I give him the opportunity to come to be seeing his child. But he took it as an advantage that he can come at any given time while I'm sleeping, while in the night, wherever time suits him. He'll just come and knock my door. He said he come to see his child. You know, so a lot of things have to be addressed, especially the way they give the power to the ladies. Because the ladies, now at the moment they told you, you see the social welfare, social workers that involved into family matters. Sometimes the way they involve the things they, they educated the woman, it destroy even the marriage itself. Because the woman has seen, oh, I can get more money from the government. I can get house when I have my kids. I can get everything without the man. So what do I do with the man with? So I can have any man, I can change any man at any given time I want. This is the system we are. This is what I see the women going through. Money, money, money. Properties, properties, materialistic, materialistic. This is what I see in the system going on. So 
if the man cannot provide much she want or if she's tired of being the man or if the man is depressed of something else he can't even have his own time on her or do what she want it's another issue so she can send him out let make him homeless i'm homeless for the past five years i keep on struggling to have my own place and um, but i have a good friends good people when they send me to some center in the homeless center i couldn't stand it they say no drugs no this no that but people doing whatever they want i get attacked in the homeless i get a lot of things i get my things getting missing in the room you don't have even way to think to move forward to make your life better if you're homeless so i see many men due to relationship break out look to the a lot of things anyway honestly let me just put it that way right. there's a lot of things which yeah. government has to, to understand and give the men opportunity to be head part of the head of the family so that is really quite crucial what you've just said now that um instead of the government policies to actually aid marriage and i think that would be just general marriage not just um interrelationship one because if the woman whether black white asian they have the upper hand when it comes to what they're more capable of looking after the children will give them accommodation so they could take care of their children and that seems to be from what you're saying people take advantage of that and you see the yep. government not helping to sustain the marriage but instead yep. their policies actually breaking it up with no respect for the man and obviously um no. the man needs to take that this is um I don't want to even call it a weaker vessel that's not like that that um the woman needs to acknowledge the respect to her man and the man needs to know how to take care of that woman the, her insecurities which is what it is that everybody's playing on is the insecurities like okay i'm going to lock you up because you may go out and find somebody else was no my culture is this way we have to take care of one another we ha- i work hard because there are things i need to bring to those who don't have who are back home sorry sorry to interrupt you you mm-hmm. see when i'm doing the merchandising seven days a week nine years sorry to say nine days seven days i want to say nine years seven days a week every blessing morning i have to go out of my bed to go and pack egg in tesco cabra tesco precious street tesco precious street tesco uh blanchestown tesco uh babrigan uh drogeda all over island even some euro spars spars one one hour just to make a living and to provide for my family i paid my rent i never get a house when i until the the recession hit this country and the landlady came and pulled us out we went homeless me and my family from the homeless this is when i get i get really depressed which we have only one room in the hotel which is a tight room with a one single bed and double bed me and my child and my stepdaughter and on that process my ex still accusing me if i don't sleep with her in that process which in my culture i can't do that because her daughter at that time she stands sometimes she don't sleep she can see she can hear so in my culture i can't do that because i don't know what the situation is. and even when i'm depressed i can't provide a roof on the head of my kids or my family i don't even think about any emotional feelings to have uh you know what i mean i don't want to go deep to that 
Right. You know, yes, where, yes, I do yeah, understand. So I can't have that feelings to go for that. I'm thinking, how can I change my situation? How can I provide for my family? And I don't have enough to do such things. And I don't get the opportunity to do such things. I don't get that. So on that process, I have to leave my ex because she kept on accusing me. Oh, you're cheating on me outside. You're doing so many things outside, which I don't even see that. I don't even think of that. When we are driving out to take the kid to school or we are driving out to do some other things together, when I'm driving a lady pass across the road, she will attack. What are you watching? You are watching that woman. What even my mind is even is wasn't there. My mind is somewhere far away from what 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 she's thinking. Just on that note, because I think many men are—I I won't say guilty—I think many women in insecurity they tend insecurity. to feel it, it is, isn't it? It is insecurity that may feel that it's this is the what problem. the man is doing, and you're saying, "Listen, most men are just trying, especially African men anyway." Because talking about African men, they're yeah. trying to That's see right. how we can provide it. Because you don't get a good job, you have to work all your hours to be able to make yeah. the, the, the pride of an African man, and I think of any man really, is to be able to make a provision. Like you said, you went everywhere packing it you know, different types of things just to get that money. It's not that the money was a lot, but that meant you have to cum- accumulate lots of hours to be- to get that money, to pay the rent, to do that, to do that, until the recession hit. And then you became homeless. That's yet another problem. Yeah. Still up till today, I'm homeless. I'm telling right. you this. I'm speaking to you right now. I Because of I can be on the bunk bed and uh, my back is sore, my right shoulder is sore, my neck, right side of my neck, my jaw is okay. It's back to normal because they fixed back. But I am I'm facing a lot of difficulties in my life. So there are so many things. So I, I meet a lot of friends here who the time I was with my ex, she don't want me to have friends. But the friend I have, the friend I have with the little I have, today, now, today, they are helping me. I met a friend from Romania. He almost committed suicide. Killed himself due to the situation he is. Nobody, no help, no help from nowhere. But today, He's one of the best friends I have in my life who is raising my life, trying to push me to help me. The way I help him, I push him to rise. He's doing the same to me. He's helping me, providing me with a big shelter. If you have a place, he said, come and stay with me. You don't have to be in that place. Focus, do this, do that. And we are still going well. Alhamdulillah, he's doing great at this moment. He's helping me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, because... He is a wonderful person in my life that he never forgot who is there for him when he's in need of. So, but this is the, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, you could still find friends to reach out to you. So what then would you say, um, thinking back now and your story is very, very um compelling to, to, to listen to because of all that has gone through. What are the lessons you've learned about interracial relationship, support of the government and support of people around you? Maybe, you know, to, to enable that relationship to really thrive, you know? What, what would you say? First of all, let's talk about between you, um, what do you say could have helped? to make a relationship better. If you're speaking to others, embarking on such relationship, Africans in relationship with people outside of Africa, Europe, you know, this is where we are. 
What would be you your see, suggestion? Yeah, you see, in this country, the government has to do a lot to do a change. Man, the girls or ladies in this country, they can come easily. They just that I have a child. I don't know where the biological father is. Well, the biological father is around the corner, but she don't want to. And the government will accept that and give her whatever she wants. If the government would think twice, you can't come and say you have a child without knowing the father. You must bring the father or we don't take care of you and the father and your child. Because when you are having the affair, you know who exactly the biological father. And then you left, then you were trying to tell us to put the child on the government head so the taxpayer will be paying the bills for you. And then you will be sitting there. I mean, I saw so many girls, they have five, six children, different, different fathers. And the government do nothing about it and they still provide because oh they are Irish and they are citizens of Ireland. Oh they deserve it. Taxpayer will pay everything and they deserve to have whatever. That's another change that has to be done. They have to provide who is the biological father so that we can control the the way uh the woman being with men anyhow. Today she's with this, tomorrow she's with that, next day she's with another person. And then she'll have five fathers five children and in that five fathers maybe only two that maybe they are they are seeing their kid the rest they don't know their father that's what they will say so uh, let's wait to change that i learned about that to make the change on that factor you know yes absolutely that that's um so let the government investigate every case thoroughly to, because the fathers the are normally yeah. around that's what you're saying fathers are normally around yeah. but they're not given the opportunity because they go basically on the words of the, yeah, I give of, you, of the I, i'm very sorry to interrupt no problem no problem at all for not to take you so long i have a friend called Sylvester. he's a mechanic very wonderful mechanic very genuine mechanic very hard-working mechanic and he knows the job but he don't have a paper in this country and he have two Irish-born children with an Irish girl. And he have his birth certificate. He have a DNA for one of the child that is biologically his. But unfortunately, in this country, because he's not Irish, he's not, he's an African, they deport him, even with his own children. Because he don't have anything to prove. And with me, with me, every week when he wants to see his child, I used to pick him to go and bring his child he have to give this girl cash 250 200 euros cash a week to give her so he can pick his children to mind them during the weekends i am with him i have videos when we are together with the kids i have everything but in the court they don't care they just want to see and i told him in the beginning don't give this lady the money put either she said she don't have bank account okay go to post office pay the money into post office then she can go there and pick it so you have a receipt so you can prove it all this they deport him you have no any evidence to prove all with the bastard all with the dna the court they didn't listen to them now because they, they say they find him with a different name and a different passport from different country yeah everybody lied everybody come to the because it's the system system shows people in this world they have to lie to achieve their goals Many people here, they are not. The whole system there is not true. And it's manipulation. This is what I learned. This is what I see. Because if you are not a good liar in the court, you are not going to win your case. A good liar can win. You can see 
plain and clear. The judge knows you are lying. But your lawyer is a good defender, good evidence. You bring prove with the paper, wherever he wins. Well, it's lie. You can't see with your own eyes. So that is the system. A best liar, a best qualified liar can succeed in any aspect if you can play the game properly. This is how I see the world. Yeah. Mm, Honestly. Yes. Oh gosh, that is very tragic. But that is that is that is what podcast is about. We speak the truth. This is the government needs to understand this, and um, the fact that a lawyer, a clever lawyer, can get away and say whatever that is also a very crucial thing, and it affects marriages, affects relationship, and that is really really important thing that you brought up. What about the families of the? African and the non-African. I mean, your relationship was with um, Polish and you're from Sudan um, background, mm -hmm. also um, Nigerian. So did the families have any effect on your marriage? As into, no. With, no th so they didn't play any part at all in that. It was just literally the government not being able to put, um, do its part. I think that's what you're saying about your particular relationship. I have no father, I have no mother. They all passed away a while ago. Right. But one of my aunties, she's still alive in Nigeria, which I find her. And we keep on communicating. I even visit her. I'm sorry to say, and she passed away three, two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh, please. Condolences for all your elders that have passed because it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And uh, she's a wonderful one. She supports me to go to to Umrah this year for the Ramadan. She paid for me before she died. Oh, she said, gosh. no, go to talk to your God, Allah, and then ask him to guide you and protect. She loved the family I have. She was emphasizing, she was insisting to back my, back my relationship, be from the child, to raise the child so she can know the culture. She was worried about only knowing the culture and the fate of Israel. Only that she's worried about, but she never criticized what race I'm married, what religious are married. She just want me to when my child. When my child raised to 18 or to maturity level, she decided what she wants because right. it's a free world. Thank you so much. I've got to come to an end um, right now. And what is the last thing you've just said? Just one minute. What would you say to those who are embarking on relationship like yours? What would be the one advice? Because um, there's, um, I've got to come to an end now. Thank you very much. It's a hard one question, you know, Everybody have different opinion. For my own opinion, to me, I'm not going back to get my mar married or any relationship to any other, any other race than my race because I'd rather be with mine than to be with any other race because it's very painful to be abused and humiliated and discriminated while because you are not the same race or the same tribe or the same faith. I really appreciate that last word. Unfortunately, we've come to the end. We want to say thank you to Noor Mohammed for his part and his truthful experience on this podcast. Thank you so much. appreciate you and you, we hope, wish you the best. Thank you. I want to thank Noor Mohammed for his story. I want to thank you, the listeners, for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please join me next time when my special guest will be Abyssola Farombi Lynch and her husband, Patrick Lynch. Thank you.